Hello, bitches. Welcome to the Potty Mouth Pep Talk Podcast, where I try to help my listeners get out of their own way and get shit done. I am your host, Elaine Terso. Let's dive right in. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Potty Mouth Pep Talk podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different. So I hosted a Let's Talk About Money uh, workshop and this is a recording of that pep talk. So um, I hope that you enjoy this and that you had some takeaways or aha moments. This is longer than my normal um, pep talk. This is about 50 minutes long or so, but I hope that this information um, that you receive in this uh, is helpful to you um, because I feel like we have such weird relationships with money and we need to start talking about it more. So that's what we're doing. So I hope you guys have a great day and, and uh, would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. All right, see you guys later. It was actually really interesting how, um, how that happened. And it wasn't until I had, um, that I did something really big that helped me transform my own relationship with money. And I will tell you, I will admit to you, I did not do that alone. Can't do it alone, right? We need that extra support in order to really um, help us see a different perspective because that's really truly what it is. And um, so we're gonna we're gonna play a little, we're gonna have a little fun today talking about money. So um, okay, so I have I have a lot of questions. We're gonna we're gonna go through some very thought provoking questions. And I actually uh, collected some really great uh, things that you may have heard growing up around uh, about money. And we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna list them out because I think they're important to acknowledge and recognize that that can be attributing to why you may be having unusual feelings around money. I posted a poll this morning and everybody's like, I have a weird relationship with money. Um, anyone else here saying, yes, I have a weird relationship with money? Right. Okay. So here we go. So when you think about money and what your feelings are around money, um, thinking about who money is for and what do you perceive? What do you, what is your belief around people who have a lot of money? Do you think that they're snobby? Do you think that they are um, trust fund babies, right? That didn't earn it, that they're not work, they're not hard workers, um, or that they just fell into luck. Sometimes when we have those, those feelings that are about people that have a lot of money, why on earth would we want to have a lot of money if that's what we feel about people who have a lot of money? Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, why on earth would I want a lot of money? People are gonna think that I'm a snob. People are gonna think they're gonna judge me and have these opinions and they have no idea. So what we think about others, we may be worried that people will think the same about us. Does that make sense? Yes, I know, it's crazy. So the next step is really about your relationship with money as you were growing up. We've talked a lot about this um, online and how money, your, relation, your parents' relationship with money may have had an impact on you growing up and your current beliefs around money. I know money sometimes can be uh, worthiness, like are you worthy of receiving money? Um, because your parents may have said you didn't have any money, so it, there was this, this thing that if we don't have a lot of money, then I must not be worthy of having money or spending money or anything like that. So the habits that we witnessed our parents go through, we're going to, I have a whole list and um, we're going to kind of, we're going to address those. So here we go. I made a list y'all. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. So we can't afford it. How many of you ever heard we can't afford it in your household? 
right? I, I did too. Um, the rule, the rule in our house was once I got to of age in order to, um, you know, be hired to babysit or to have my own job, I had to pay for half. So I remember specifically this pair of LA gears that I really wanted and they were like, they were not cheap, right? They're not cheap shoes, but they were something that I really wanted. They were, they were not inside the school shopping parameters. Therefore, I had to pay for half of those shoes. And so that's what I learned, right? Um, my husband, very opposite. Um, his mother would work overtime in order to afford to buy the things that he wanted or needed. So very interesting, different growing up around money situations and how um, my husband and I have very different feelings about money because of that, right? And so I tried to instill that, you know, if you really want something, then I want you to have that feeling of ownership around it and paying half seems like a really good way to have my kids appreciate something that may be a little more expensive like an ipod was like the first thing that was like the big the big thing that they had to have this techno piece of technology was you got to pay for half how are you going to earn it you're going to do chores or are you going to what are you going to do to earn that because my my feeling was if they have to earn it they're going to take better care of it i don't know about you guys but that's what we did in my house um Money doesn't grow on trees. How many of you heard that, right? Money doesn't grow on trees, um, meaning that it's, it's, a, it's a scarcity mentality. Scarcity, right? We don't have a lot. It's not growing on trees. We can't just go out there and pick money and spend it however we want to. We have to earn it. And we only have, you know, a capability to earn so much, right? There wasn't abundance of opportunities to earn money back in the day, right? Like there is now. There's so many ways that people can earn money. Um, who do you think we are? The Rockefellers? And I always laugh because I'm like, wait a second, who are the Rockefellers? Am I too young to know about the Rockefellers? <laughs> Helen, do you know who the Rockefellers are? Yes. Do you want to tell us who they are? Because I, I feel like I should know this. Who are the Rockefellers? Oh, you got to unmute yourself. I don't remember what the business is. I want to say that he was in the steel business, maybe, and they were uh, they were just very wealthy. You know, it's funny how we we equate a certain um, person or thing, and it becomes in the vernacular like that. You know, like who do you think we are, the Rockefellers, or you know, with there's so many examples of that. But I, I, I want to say they were in the steel business, but it was very, very wealthy family. Okay, that was very prominent back in the day when people didn't have the wealth. Not like you have like there's so many people that are wealthy that the big names like Steve Jobs and mm -hmm. you know all those big names that are that were so wealthy and are so wealthy. So that was a big deal back in the day. Like there mm -hmm. weren't hear when I was a kid you didn't hear and it's probably so obviously social media driven too mm -hmm. but you didn't hear back you know so that was like a big iconic family yeah you know and yeah. that equated to wealth okay so, yeah. okay interesting <laughs> thank you for sharing with us I, I appreciate that's that all I, that's all I know but that's what I remember about okay. it yeah all right the Rockefellers yeah. Probably be like, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so another one that came up was don't ask for money because we don't have it. So don't even bother coming to me and asking me for anything because I'm just going to tell automatically tell you no. We don't have extra money for that, so don't even bother. Um, it's not for us. We're on a budget. So when you when someone says that is not for us money is not for us spending money is not for us we do not have the means to spend money um, we have a tight budget and we cannot spend outside of that budget again scarcity it's a scarcity mentality um, that doesn't fit the budget again you know the word budget um, <laughs> I actually have an alternative word I'm going to share with you guys instead of the word budget that I learned from a good friend of mine um, let's see here you have to work hard for your money because money doesn't come easy. So money equates to hard work and nothing else. 
And I don't know about you, but I don't believe that's true anymore because people have found ways to have money work for them without them really working hard, right? It's more about working smart. <laughs> working smarter and not harder is really, truly the goal. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, do we look like we're made of money? <laughs> do we look like we're made of money? Like, what does that even mean? Like, because, you know, what does that even mean? Um, it still baffles me. I think it's hysterical. Let's see here. That you have to marry a doctor or a lawyer. So what does that, right? That, what is that message? You know, your family telling you that you need to marry someone of, of a high class profession in order to be what, right? Like, I don't know what, it just feels icky for that, right? And that I've seen people say that, well, I'm trying to marry a doctor or a lawyer. And it's like, I don't understand, like why, right? Why, why is that profession so like was, because they are, uh, they must have a lot of money. It's actually not really true. <laughs> it's not really true, right? But there's that perception. There's that perception. The MRS degree. Huh? The MRS degree. Okay. The Mrs. Yeah. Degree back in yep. the day. Okay. Know. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, this was an interesting one that most successful entrepreneurs became successful in their 20s. So if you didn't make it big when you are young, there's probably something wrong with you because life is a race. And I was like, wow, like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> not true not true at all, right? You can start a business now at any age. It doesn't matter what age you are. It is never too late to start your own business or to, you know, um, pursue, pursue any career dream that you have. It's never too late. I, um, when, when I was doing photography, I had a, uh, one of my clients was turning 60 and she was in college going to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor. And I thought that was so inspirational because it just tells you that you don't have to, you can be any age and decide, this is what I wanna be when I grow up, right? Like you can be anything at any time. You do not have to, you know, you're not on anyone else's timeline. We think that we are, but we're really truly not. We're on our own timeline. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Only buy on sale and buy whatever is cheapest. And I don't know about you guys, but I have learned the lesson, if you buy cheap, you buy twice, <laughs> right? There are certain things that you can, that it is okay to buy cheap. And there are many things that I will not buy cheap. One of those is mayonnaise. I will not buy the store brand mayonnaise. It does not taste the same. <laughs> Or the store brand ketchup. I don't know what it is, but I'm not doing it because it doesn't taste right. I will spend the extra money to have the good quality taste. <laughs> but you know, um, clothing, for example, I will spend more money on a on a on an article of clothing that is because I know the quality is going to last me longer than if I were to buy something cheap. You know, for twenty dollars, uh, I might get one wash out of it before it falls apart. You know. So really, really different there. Let's see here. Oh, this is an interesting one. That dad was in charge of the money and it led her to believe that women needed a man to work and to pay the bills and to give out allowances. And that is a really, really hard place to be, to see that growing up, um, that that's the way it is. Um, so, I just find that really fascinating because what does that teach our children and our grandchildren, right, about money is that the man is in control of the money. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with if he's the one that wants to pay the bills. My I pay the bills. My husband doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, but like, what does, what does, you know, that teach uh, the people who are the little minds who are watching? Um, right. Just really interesting because it's their perception. It's their perception and that's what they're going to learn about money. Um, call grandma when you need money, right? Um, 
And she's and the gal that commented that is like, well, that didn't work out too well for me, right? Because grandma's not going to be around forever. Your parents are not going to be around forever, right? And so relying on someone else to provide you money to bail you out is not going to last forever, right? And then the last ones are, do you really need that? Do you really need that? Or you spent how much? right? Trying to justify your spending to someone else. Um, it's very judgmental and can make us feel guilty or shame around spending money. And when other people are not on the same wavelength around when their relationship with money is different than yours, it can come off as scarcity. Like they do not have an abundance mentality that they feel like money is going to come, continue to come to them and that they have to hoard money because they're afraid that they're going to lose it or that they're not going to have it. Um, it's like when the pandemic hit and we all went out and hoarded toilet paper because we were so afraid that we weren't going to have it. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was like this mentality that that all of a sudden we were all chasing toilet paper because it was going to be gone forever and we were never going to have toilet paper again. Like it's the zombie apocalypse or something. It was very, very bizarre. I still don't understand the logic behind it, but whatever. But I caught my husband saying, we have to go out and get some because they're taking it all, right? So it, every, if you think about that, everyone else was feeling the same way that we have to go out and get it because it's, there's not going to be any left. And people may feel the same way about money right? So just really super interesting. So I thought those were really interesting questions that came through or interesting um, like lessons and things that people learned about money um, that I wanted to share with you. So <laughs> thanks for letting me share that list with you. So when we think about money and your relationship with money, if you actually took out the word money and like, what if it's actually not about money, right? What I learned was that money truly is just an exchange of energy, right? It's an exchange of energy. It's not really about the money. It's about the energy around money. Um, and so once I like shifted that in myself, I found that I received energy a lot easier, a lot, lot easier. Um, and so when you think about, when you think about that, um, what are you trying to avoid if you receive money? If you were to receive money, what feelings might you have around that? And is it, I'm not worthy to receive this money? Is it, I don't deserve this money? I didn't earn this money. If someone were to just give you $5,000 right now, would you, how would you feel about that? Right? There's, there may be this, oh, ooh, I don't, I don't think I can take that. I can't accept that. There's, there's this, could, you could feel awkward about receiving that kind of money. Um, you may feel like, oh gosh, they're going to judge me on how I spend the money right? Uh, I, I always think about um, the episode of Big Bang Theory when Sheldon lent Penny money and she felt so guilty for buying a hat that she like lashed out at him and he was like, what are you even talking about? Like she just felt this guilt for how she was going to spend the money that he gave her and she couldn't handle it anymore. So if you were to think about it in that way, is someone going to judge you for how you spend your money? So therefore, I don't want to receive money because then nobody can judge me on how I spend it. Interesting, right? Um, let's see here. Um, oh, this is an interesting, interesting question. I'm going to start asking you some very thought-provoking questions here. Okay. So... If you don't believe that you deserve money, you will always find problems every time you receive it. So have you heard about the people who win the lottery, right? The people who win the lottery typically 
are not wealthy to begin with. They receive $5 million in the lottery and how many years and they wind up broke just like they were to begin with. Because if they didn't actually, they've never been taught how to spend money, how to invest money, how to have a positive relationship with money and they pissed it all away and they're right back where they were. It's like the curse of the lottery. Have you guys actually heard about the curse of the lottery? And people that have won the lottery multiple times still never learn the lesson about how to have a positive relationship with money and therefore they, they lose it all. They lose it all. <clears throat> Ooh, here's another thought provoking one. Um, that you have the exact amount of money that you feel you deserve. And if you receive more money than you feel you deserve, what would you do? Right, Monica? Right? That you have the exact amount of money that you feel you deserve. So why on earth would you have more? Because you don't feel like you are, that you deserve to have more. So you will never have more because you don't actually believe that you deserve it. Everyone else deserves it, but not you, not you. So what will you do with the money that you receive? And why? Like if you really think about the why behind the way that you spend your money, is it to have security? Is it to have peace of mind? Is it because you owe someone money and you want to pay that back to release yourself from guilt or shame? Is it that, you know, you've, you've got creditors knocking on your door, calling you all the time, you know? Um, or is it that I'm going to go just buy myself something nice and you're worried that someone's going to judge you? So how would you feel? If you had a guaranteed amount of money every single month, if you were like, let's just, I'm going to use the amount $5,000. I, I mentioned it earlier, just easy to work with $5,000. Okay. If, if you had a guaranteed $5,000 a month, how would you feel? Anyone want to, Helen saying thumbs up. Anyone want to share like how you would feel, Monica? Well, I would say that's not enough. I need more. Like, okay. That's how I feel. Okay. Helen, what about you? You got to unmute. Uh, more is always better. Okay. But, but uh, a starting point of $5,000 would feel like a huge relief to me. Okay. That I could, you know, I could um, manage and I could build upon that. But to start with $5,000 a month, yeah. Okay. That'd be great. I I do have to say I would start with gratitude because I have in my career received, you know, increases and I'm always grateful, but I'm finding out that I have to learn about it because I'm that typical story of when you get more, you need more. And so mm -hmm. anyway, I'm paying attention, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's super awesome. So what if it's not actually the money that is going to bring you the security that you, that you might feel from receiving that guaranteed amount of money every month. But what if security will bring you the money? Mm. <laughs> right? Isn't that a, an amazing thought-provoking question there? Oh, Angela's right? reaction was classic. I love it. I know, I know. That was really, that was really cute. She's like, what? <laughs> Love it. Right. So money won't bring you security. It won't bring you peace. It won't bring you any of that. Security and peace will bring you the money. Mm. What an amazing exchange of energy there, right? Just like thinking about that, just, and I can tell you based on the things I'm going to share with you is a hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. Once I shifted that for myself, oh man, I tell you what, right? So um, let's see here. When you think about what you can afford, right? You must 
potentially receive evidence that says that's true. So when you think about we can't afford it, you're going to see evidence that says that that's true, that you can't afford it. It could be your bank account that shows you that you can't afford it. Um, and really what I have been trying to do instead is look at prioritizing. What are my, what are my priorities for spending? What are my priorities on how I want to spend my money? What's important to me? What's not important to me? And if you say that you have money issues, you will always have money issues. Mm. So you got to stop saying that. You got to cut that language right out of your brain because if you say, I have money issues, I have credit issues, I have issues with this, I have issues with that, you are basically telling the world that you, that that's true and that it will, there's no reason for it to, to never to go away, right? So it's really about the language that you use, the things you say out loud and the things that you think, because whatever you think, you, you know, it's the belief. It's the belief. And here's an interesting thing. So I've, you've heard me use the word abundance and you've heard me use the word scarcity. Um, and when you think about abundance and what it actually means, anyone like the abundance is like you have enough or you have more than enough more overflow, Monica's saying an overflow. What if your definition of abundance is actually keeping you from having abundance? Right? More mind blowing, like what? <laughs> I told you I was gonna give you some thought provoking questions today because I think that that's how we start to make the shift is that we have to just go, huh? I never thought about it that way. Never thought about it that way. Right? So, um, do you believe that you deserve abundance? That you deserve that overflow? That you deserve to have more than enough? Anyone here saying yes? You, be you believe that you deserve it? Good. I'm working on it. I'm saying working it on it. Yeah. So now I want you to think about the last time that you received money. The last time that you received money, how and why did you receive that money? What did you do to get it? Did it magically fall out of the sky? Or did you do something to earn it? Did you do something to receive that money? Did you work for it? So what is the true key to getting more money? Like really, when you think about it, you've proven that you can earn money. You've proven that you can receive money. So why are you, why do you think that you are not going to receive the amount of money that you deserve? You've proven that you can receive it. Every month, I bet you are able to pay your bills right? You receive the amount of money that you need in order to live comfortably, to not be homeless, to not be starving, to be able to provide for your family and your children, right? Every single month, right? I'm in a place where I have what I need and it always happens, but I want that overflow. Like I'm ready in my life to kind of receive more than just what is enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I'm going to tell you the only thing that's standing in your way of that happening is you. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm learning right now from you. How does that happen? Yes. How does that happen? I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share it with you. So when you receive money, here's something that I want you to start to do. Here's a little, a little thing that I want you to start saying. Every time you receive money is I want you to say, there's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. That was a, one of, um, 
I heard that from a gentleman named Brian Ridgway and I was just like, what? Like, right? Sometimes you just hear those things or you read a book or like, you know, you're a badass at making money with Jen Sincero or something like that. And you just hear that thing that you're like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed to hear. There's more where that came from. Money really is an un unlimited amount of energy that you can attract towards you. So are you blocking money from coming to you? Are your negative thoughts and behaviors keeping money from coming to you? If you feel that you're not worthy or deserving, you are blocking money from you. If you believe that you, that you are not worth what you charge, nobody's gonna pay that. I have a story about that that I'm gonna share with you. Why on earth is money gonna come to you easily? You're blocking it. You're saying, no, 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 I can't have you because I don't believe that I'm worthy of receiving you. You're blocking it. And I've actually blocked people from giving me money before. People were trying to hire me and I didn't feel worthy of it. And so I just put up my wall and made sure that my energy was not in a place for them to say that they wanted to work with me because I didn't feel that I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I had enough experience. I had all of these reasons why no one should hire me. So I put up my wall and nope because then I couldn't be rejected. Cause I didn't, right? There, mm, wall, <laughs> you gotta break down that wall. So you are the only person that is in opposition to receiving money. You are the only reason that money is not coming to you. It is 100% you. And do you think that your personal relationship with money has an impact on your business? I know all of you here are business owners. We have to heal our relationship that we have with money personally in order for it to have a positive impact on our business. Because it, it, it's, it's all related. It's all related. So when you are going to the grocery store and you're buying a gallon of milk, do you try to negotiate with the checkout girl about the cost or the price of the gallon of milk? No, no, we don't. We don't do that. Why do we allow others to do that? Why do we feel, right? Like anytime there's that awkward silence after you tell someone how much you charge, you immediately are trying to lessen your value make yourself cheaper because, oh God, there's that uncomfortable, awkward silence. So they must think I'm too expensive. And if I'm too expensive, they're not going to hire me because people, they can't afford me. Oh girl, I got lots of things to say about that. <laughs> yes, Angela, you got to know your worth. So charge what you are worth and do not under any circumstances devalue yourself due to awkward silence. It's okay to have awkward silence. It's okay to let people process and to think about it, right? It's okay. So I'm going to talk about how I changed my relationship with money. This is my own personal, my personal journey that I, that I want to share with you. Um, so I mentioned earlier that I acknowledged that money was just energy. And once I had that, like money is energy and it felt good to receive money. And so once I would receive money, I would celebrate. I would say thank you out loud. Thank you for this money. 
thank you for helping me support my family. Thank you. Um, the second thing I did was I traced it back. I worked with a gal, her name is Elda Dorothy, um, who does EFT. And I didn't realize how much um, my fear of losing it all, that was my fear, was losing it all, um, was tied to a childhood toy. And it's really fascinating because she mentions how like 80% of the people she works with, um, as she's working with them, there is some, some tie to a childhood toy that has, that they are carrying deep, deep down inside with them. And once I was able to release the fear of losing it all, then I could move forward. So like I said, that we need support as we're going through this, that you going through this journey alone is really not recommended. I did not go through this journey alone. I had the support of someone who could help me work through my feelings and all of the stuff that I was like holding onto for some unknown reason. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that I started doing for myself when I was doing photography was um, I was working with a bookkeeper. And she asked me if I knew how much anticipated income I was going to receive. And I was like, no. She's like, why not? And I was like, I don't know. Like, how do I do that? And so what I started doing was I started writing down, I made an Excel spreadsheet and I would write down all of the clients that I was anticipating um, working with in a month. And I would write and I would then chart how much money I was expecting to receive from them. What is the minimum and what is the goal? Because I had a goal amount that I needed to make, you know, my average sale. Um, and anything above my average was like whipped cream and cherries and nuts on top, right? It was, it was a bonus. But I knew what I needed to make in order to pay the bills, to have a studio, to have all of the expenses that go along with running a photography studio. It was actually quite a lot of money. And there were many times that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Every single month, I, it seemed to work out, but I'm not going to lie to you. There were some months that I wasn't quite sure, right? Um, because it's the, the fear of the unknown. It took me a long time to get the courage to move a studio outside of my house to not have that security blanket of knowing that even if I couldn't pay rent, I'd still be okay. But forcing myself to move out of my comfort zone and to have to be obligated to pay someone else to have a business was huge for me. And it forced me to get my shit together. <laughs> I, I had no choice. I had no choice. So I basically made a money chart. And it was one of the things that I did in the Bitches Get Shit Done Planner was having that anticipated income, um, knowing what you're going to receive and what's going to be going out. Because it allowed me to see, instead of saying, I can't afford that, actually like, actually, I can't afford that, right? Because I was so afraid of money that I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to know about it. I was scared to look at my bank account every month. It was terrifying. So I was like, avoid. Like, I don't want, if I, if I don't see it, then I can claim ignorance. How, guess how well that worked out for me? <laughs> Not very well. Not very well. So I had to get over myself, get over my fear of money and receiving it and feeling like I was tying money to my own worthiness. And I had to stop doing that. I just stopped doing that. Um, because I'm worthy regardless of how much money I receive. Right? I can't, they're not, they're not related. But for some reason, we marry the two and feel like if I'm worthy, then I'll receive money. That's not actually true. Right? So, Number four was I stopped being in other people's checkbooks. That was a huge, huge, huge lesson for me. Um, and I'll tell you this, this story. So my husband, I've kind of mentioned, we have very different relationships with money. And um, 
when I was going through like my price list and all of the things that I was going to do in order to bring income into our family. And I would tell him how much my photo shoot was and he would go, oh, nobody's going to pay you for that. People can't afford that. And I was like, how do you know what they can afford? How can we know what someone else can afford? We don't know their story. We don't know their life. We don't know that they have $100,000 in a savings account. We're not, we should not be putting ourselves in other people's checkbooks. Let them tell you. And if it's a priority to them, if the problem is great enough, they will say yes. Right? It is not about whether or not you're cheap enough or you're too expensive or whatever. People spend money on things that are a priority to them. I always use the example of the coach purse. I'm not really a purse girl. To spend 800 to 1,000 bucks on a purse, not my priority. It's not. Other people, that is important to them. More power to you, sister. Like you go out there and you do whatever makes you happy, not my priority. So if someone is asking, I'm going to say, no, that's too expensive because it's not, it's not something that I value. So cheap and expensive are variables. They are, it's a perspective. What's cheap to me may not be cheap to someone else. What's expensive for me may not be expensive for someone else. I don't get to, I do not get to decide that for them. So my price is my price and you get to decide whether or not that's what you want to spend it on, but I'm not here to be in your checkbook. I'm not going to be in your checkbook. So that was, that was a huge learning lesson for me. And also don't rely on my husband to tell me what people can and cannot afford because I learned that his relationship with money could impact my business. Because what if I listened to him? If I had listened to him, I wouldn't have, you know, I would not have been able to afford to keep a studio open because I would have been so scared to charge what I needed to charge in order to, to pay the bills. Number five was I spent money. When I, when I learned that there was more where that came from, I made the investment in myself. I scared the bejesus out of myself by having this, this price tag that I needed to pay someone else. I was investing in my business. I hired my own coach and it scared the crap out of me because what if it wasn't worth it? What if it was a scam, right? We have this idea that, oh no, 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 no. That's a scam, right? It's a, we tell ourselves it's a scam. What if it was a waste of money? What if I didn't have a good return on investment? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? But actually, here's what I learned. Making that investment in myself, that large and monthly payment every month was exactly what I needed to light a fire under my ass and get out of my own damn way and get shit done. It's what I needed for myself. And now that's what I love to help other people do right? Because it's what I needed. And now I can help others do the same. So it showed me that I could work smarter in my business and not necessarily work harder in my business. I no longer work 24 hours a day like I used to when I was a photographer. It's not that I can't, but I choose not to because I've learned that my body needs rest. My brain needs a rest. And working on the weekends is no longer a part of my business model, right? So, but I show up, I do the work, I hold myself accountable because if I didn't, then absolutely it would be a waste of money because I didn't show up to do the work. But doing so changed my relationship with money. It was like the thing that I needed to do. And if you say, I can't afford to do that, then I say, you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. It's like jumping into the water without a life vest. You'll sink or swim.
but it depends on the effort that you put into it. It's all on you. The choice truly is yours. So when we talk about healing our relationship with money, there's a few things that I've learned. One of them is clarity. Knowing what you want, knowing what your goals are, being clear about your prices, starting small. I cannot tell you how many times I see people put down on their income goals sheets that they wanna make a million dollars. And I'm like, have you even made 50,000? Like, let's be realistic here. Let's not set ourselves up to be disappointed every single time, every single month, or every single year when you're putting out your, your goals. I wanna make a million dollars. Let's be realistic. Let's maybe start with what did you earn last year and let's increase it by 20%, 25%. Let's be realistic with yourself. But know what does that, what does that mean for you? Like break it down, have that clarity, know what money is coming in, know what money is going out, sit down and actually do the work and not avoid, <laughs> don't be like me and not, and be afraid to look at your bank account because that is not empowering to you. That is avoidance and avoidance is not going to get you closer to reaching your goals. Okay. And creating healthy habits. So what I mean by that, creating healthy habits is the things that you say when you receive money. That is a habit. Getting into the, to saying thank you, having gratitude, appreciating what you have instead of always looking for more, more, more. Be grateful for what you have before you go out and, ex and try to receive more. And instead of saying things like, we can't afford that, just say that your money is allocated differently, or that's not my priority at this time, or not yet, right? Those little shifts in words can be a huge difference for you. And there's two other little things that I learned, um, three, actually, I'll say, three things that I've learned from other people about um, just a shift in words, okay? So instead of saying a budget, I learned spending plan. Doesn't that sound so much nicer to have a spending plan versus a budget? Budget sounds so restrictive, you know what I'm saying? And it makes you feel that you can't afford that. But a spending plan is basically saying, this is how I'm going to spend my money. This is how I'm choosing to spend my money. Okay, so spending plan. Um, the second one is a prosperity fund versus a savings account. So a prosperity fund. So doesn't that sound so much nicer? Right, a prosperity fund. And the third one is a freedom fund, which could be a great alternative to an emergency fund, right? Those are all things that we should have because we just never know, right? You never know when something's gonna happen. So I'm not saying don't save money, but what if you called it something else, right? It just makes it feel better and lighter and not so restrictive, right? So you can have it there for emergencies, but what if you wanna have the freedom <laughs> to do something else with it? It's your choice, it's your choice. So, I hope that this was helpful for you in some capacity to just have a little bit of shift with your relationship with money. I am in no means a money expert. This is not what I teach, but I just felt this like thing on me saying, I need to have a conversation with people about money because it is something that I see is one of the ways that we are in our own way. And as part of my mission is to help people get out of their own damn way and get shit done, is that we need to have that shift in perspective around money, around our mindset, and that your worthiness is not tied to the income that you receive, okay? I wanna make that very, very clear. Your worthiness is not dependent on the income that you receive. You are worthy regardless. And you are worthy to um, do whatever you want to do, whatever that looks like for you. 
It is never too late. It is never, it is never too late to follow your dreams. Okay. So does anyone have any questions or feedback or ahas that they would like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Well, I'll speak. I am thankful because I learn mostly from mistakes, but I love that you shared your story and I definitely picked up nuggets and I took notes. So I'm thankful that you did this, Elaine. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm glad you were able to hop on and join us today. Awesome. I like your reframe of a budget versus spending plan and freedom plan and prosperity plan. It's mm -hmm. much more positive. I put in the comments, budget is like diet. Yes, it's a horrible word. Yeah, it's a horrible, yeah. horrible word. So these are all um, alternative phrases that I've learned from my Polkadot sisters. Um, so Yulin Lee told me about spending plan versus budget. And Sonia Williams shared with me about the prosperity fund and the freedom fund. And I just thought, oh my gosh, they're just so just so great to just have that alternative. It just sounds so much more positive than it does restrictive, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Well, thank you ladies so much for being on our call today. I, I hope that um, if you are even watching this live or watching this, the replay of it, that you got some takeaways and some good nuggets to help you move forward and have a positive relationship with money. Um, remember, it's just energy. It's just an energy exchange, right? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I hope you guys all have a super fantastic day and we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to the Potty Mouth Pep Talk podcast and have a fucking awesome day.